Hey everyone, before we get into today's pod, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and you just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you as well. As part of the program, you'll receive cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips, tricks, and, and best practices, everything you need to know in order to get that podcast off the ground and, and to a top level. So on top of that, we're going to help get your show out on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, all the other listening platforms. And the best part is you get all of this for just $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site that would charge you for the initial setup out there. Just the ones you can use on your own. Why not launch with Blue Wire Hustle where you actually get the tools to succeed? So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited. So get your application in today. To apply to Blue Wire Hustle, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. Blue Wire. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Rebuild. A very special one today, previewing a week 17 matchup between the Browns and the Steelers for all the marbles. I brought in a longtime guest on this podcast, Spencer Mahone from 92.3 The Fan, to break it all down. Spencer, how you doing over the holidays ahead of this week 17 matchup? I'm doing well, man. Hope your holidays were all well. And to all of you out there, hope your holidays were splendid as well. They were they were good. My holidays were good until the 26th, until the Jets beat the Cleveland Browns 23-16 to last weekend. We talked about that game, obviously, a lot on the last podcast. So I'm not going to jump you know, back to that one too much. But hey, going forward, we know what that means, right? This game is a, a clincher. If the Browns can win it, they will be in the playoffs. If not, they will need some help either from Indianapolis or, or Tennessee in all likelihood in order to get in. So we're just going to jump right into it, Spencer. Week 17, all the marbles on the line. And there's so much going on around this game. There's so many different storylines, pieces of news. So before we get into the preview, I thought we almost needed to, you know, kind of run through all the particulars of this game. So let's start with uh, Ben Roethlisberger. It was announced earlier this week that he is not going to play. And then Mike Tomlin also hinted at the fact that some other starters might not play or might not play the full game. However, he didn't name anybody else. Spencer, I know that you've spent some time, though, at 92.3 The Fan this week, and Chris Muller from a radio station in Pittsburgh was on there, and he actually had a little bit more information from his inside sources. So can, can you tell us what he had to say about which Steelers players you can expect to potentially not be there in this pivotal game on Sunday? Yeah, so in particular, he did name drop two. One of them is going to be very familiar to this audience, Cam Hayward, an Ohio State player from back in the day, and T.J. Watt. Those are their two biggest defensive players. He hinted at them not even 
suiting up and playing at all so they can rest for a deep playoff run. You mentioned Mike Tomlin did not name any names. And I mean, that's a bit of gamesmanship right there from Mike Tomlin, a veteran head coach. That's exactly what you can expect. Now, this raises the question, does this move make sense for them? Yeah, uh, you know, I guess so. I, I know the Steelers have the AFC North clinched, but they could get the two seed if, if the Bills lose. So I guess they, they really aren't very worried about it. And I know they've been banged up all year, so I guess I get that part. But Spencer, it, Chris made it sound like uh, on that radio hit that I heard with you guys on 92 through the fan that not a lot of star- starters are going to play at all for the Steelers. He expects even, you know, the guys that do start will all- only be playing a couple series. He also hinted at potentially some offensive linemen resting, which I think would be a big deal as well because the Steelers are struggling at that position. So getting lower and lower on the depth chart also should be pretty advantageous for the Browns as well. I was really surprised that they're going to rest. I, I get resting big Ben, but all of these other starters as well with the two seats still on the line. Are, are you as surprised as I am? I honestly, when I heard this interview, everything he said to a degree really shocked me because I didn't expect as many people to be out as he's expecting, at least the way he made it sound. Now, again, he is really in tune. He knows his stuff. So I have no reason to doubt him at this point. I, I don't either. It was just interesting that that many people potentially could sit in. Obviously, of course, good news for Browns fans. And he mentioned it and you did as well that the Browns are obviously big favorites in this game. And this has kind of been anticipated, even though the last week's line had the Browns as like seven point favorites. But man, I guess, I don't know. To me, the two seed seems like it has some value for the Steelers. They think otherwise, but uh, there's some issues on the Browns side personnel wise as well. Now it's not by choice. That much is for sure, but the Browns continue to have issues relating to COVID-19. Of course, last week they, they brought a depleted team to New York with, with so many players on the COVID reserve list. And, and more news came out this week that Andrew Sandejo uh, not only is on the COVID reserve list, he has tested positive and will for sure not be playing on Sunday. Harrison Bryant and Carl Joseph are also on the list as well as close contacts. BJ Goodson, of course, who tested positive last week, is also not expected to be there for the game. And, and look, there could be more pending. We basically waited as long as possible to give you this podcast, but we couldn't wait any more in terms of the news. So, Spencer, how concerned all are you with all of this going on? Sendejo is a big, big hit for this, an already depleted secondary as well. I mean, you're missing Greedy Williams, Grant Delpit. So, any person in the secondary you lose is going to hurt a lot so I think that's going to be a big one Carl Joseph uh, via contact tracing now I believe he is eligible to play Sunday he is if he doesn't test positive he should be able to rejoin the team before prior to the game so that would be huge if he's able to play Harrison Bryant is also going to be big on the offensive side of the ball as he's becoming a pretty often targeted receiver for Baker Mayfield. And I mean, if you look at last Sunday, I'm not going to say that this, that last Sunday, because they had virtually a practice squad wide receiving core, 
uh, that it's not the end all be all, but he does like to target his tight ends and Harrison Bryant's starting to get more and more targets. I mean, just the same as Austin Hooper. So if Harrison Bryant is out, that's going to be huge because that leaves you with one tight end that Mayfield really likes to throw to an Austin Hooper. Yeah. And, and David and Joku, Jake Burns noted this from, from OBR here on, on blue wire that, that David and Joku actually didn't play as much as you would think in that game, uh, given how many wide receivers were missing for the Browns. So I, I think it's pretty clear that he stands third in the pecking order for the Browns tight ends at this point. And look, Anderson Deho has gotten a lot of flack from Browns fans. And it's it's definitely been deserved at times as well. But if you look at the way he's progressed throughout the season, he's at least gotten better, in my opinion. He made a huge tackle in that Jets game. He's at least a physical player in the box. He's not afraid. Uh, so that, that, that could hurt uh, the Browns as well. Now, on the flip side, there's been some positive news this week, injury-related news. And, and let's start at the safety position. Ronnie Harrison was activated off the IR this week and practiced today. So there's optimism that he's actually going to be able to come back from that shoulder injury in time to play against the Steelers, which is contrary to some reporting we heard earlier. So that's great news. And then Wyatt Teller also practiced today. So things looking pretty optimistic for him as well uh, to play on Sunday. Spencer, how big are those additions? Oh, those are massive. I mean, Wyatt Teller, he's been a Pro Bowl caliber lineman all year long. Now, that's going to get – we can talk for hours about how he got snubbed from the Pro Bowl roster this year, even though they're not playing the game. You know, the honor's still there. I think that he got absolutely snubbed from that. And – that he's pretty much your cornerstone of the offensive line. So it's huge getting him back and potentially having Ronnie Harrison back. That's going to be huge because Sandejo has been getting a bulk of the reps at that safety position. And if Harrison is able to return on Sunday, you can put him in that position and that'll give the safety position a bit of leverage. It'll be interesting to see how they line up at, at safety. I think because you know Carl Joseph was coming in for Sunday, or excuse me, for Harrison, and now if they're going to play those two guys together, I wonder how much speed you have back there. But it, if if Sandejo is not going to play, the the Browns are unlimited options. And to me, that's really the biggest takeaway about both of these injuries is not only are they key players, and you mentioned it. I mean, Wyatt Teller is one of the highest graded offensive linemen in Pro Football Focus, and. and injuries or not a pro bowl or not whatever he's one of the best guards in football right and he's played that way this season so we can count on that but also you have to think of who he's replacing and I talked about this on the podcast on Sunday Nick Harris uh, he just had an awful game against the Jets on Sunday he could not block very well he was really struggling in both run and pass protection so to replace a one of the most struggling guards in the league to one of the best. It, it's such an upgrade with Wyatt Teller that I think it'll totally change the game for the Browns uh, on, on the offensive line. And so I, if he comes back, I, I feel so much better about the Browns chances. He really does so much for this team in the run game in particular, but also in pass protection. He's just the upgrade between him and Nick Harris. I, I can't 
stress it enough is so much. And, and then also we have a little bit less information. So I don't want to speculate on this one too much quite yet, but Jendrick Wills could be back from his illness as well. Kevin Stefanski seemed a little bit more hesitant on that one in, in his post-game press conference or in his practice press conference, excuse me, earlier this week. But but Jendrick Wills also would be a, a, a key addition if he could return for the Browns tip. Oh, absolutely. Because if Jed does come back, you pretty much have your first string offensive line out there. And for a game that's essentially do or die to get into the playoffs, you need all hands on deck from one all the way down to 53. And, and that might even include some practice squad guys. Who knows? For a game like this, you need to be ready to not only elevate yourself, but your teammates and guys like Wyatt Teller and Jedrick Wills do exactly that. That they do, that they do. And and just last note on available players that we have of as of right now, recording this on Wednesday night at about 7 p.m. Eastern time is the Browns receivers that missed that game last week should be back off the list in time to practice kind of on Thursday as well. And in plenty of time for the game, of course, is the key. So as far as we know, Outside of a practice squad wide receiver, all of the Browns mainstays at that position should be back in plenty of time as well for the game. So that's the latest information we have on all the players playing on both sides. More will continue to come out, uh, you know, up to game time. So obviously we're going to have to continue to monitor that, but that's the best we could do right now. And Spencer off of that piggybacking off of that. Let's jump into the actual game preview itself between these two teams. Of course, Browns lost to the Steelers earlier on this year, but it's going to be a much different game. So I really didn't want to dive too much back into that previous matchup. I think the place to start actually is with Ben Roethlisberger's replacement, Mason Rudolph. He is starting for the Steelers on Sunday. How big of a downgrade do you see it as, you know, it, it goes from Big Ben down to Mason Rudolph as the second string. Oh, it's a huge downgrade. And in that Chris Muller interview that Ken Carmen did this morning, he thinks exactly the same. And he was very bold about saying what I'm about to tell you. And Chris Muller said, I don't think he can play football. He's five and four as a starter. And he ended up losing to the Browns last year so I'm gonna have to agree with Chris on this one yeah I look I think Mason Rudolph's a capable backup obviously there's always a drop-off between your starter and backup quarterback I don't think Mason Rudolph is one of the five best backups in the league by any means but I don't think he's one of the five worst either as you said he's five and four as a starter he only put up seven points against the Browns last year, so that's a good thing. However, the Browns' defense this year is not the same as, as the Browns' defense last year, in, in my opinion. So I, I'm not sure how much you can read into that. I would say this. I think Mason Rudolph is capable enough that if the Browns don't play a good game, that he could lead the Steelers past the Browns. If you look at who the surrounding receivers are on that team. I understand it's a little bit difficult to project in terms of who's going to be playing, but that receiver core is deep. I I wouldn't I'd be shocked if he was able to put up points against a Browns defense that, hey, let's be honest, just gave up 23 points to the worst offense in football. So it's not impossible 
uh, on that front. But the other storyline, of course, with Mason Rudolph playing is in that game that the Browns won 21 to seven last year, there was the Mason Rudolph, Miles Garrett incident. Spencer, how do you see that playing into this game at all, if at all? And what are your, your thoughts there? I honestly don't think that that this incident from last year should play too much into it. Yes, a lot of Steeler fans are going to have it on their mind. And it is it is known that you guys, as and I'm talking to the Steelers fans out there, you have it on your mind. We know. Now, a, a big reason that Miles Garrett has essentially resurrected his image is look at the caliber of player that he is compared to Mason Rudolph. Now you mentioned the drop-off Mason Rudolph is not a bad quarterback, but I mean, he's no Baker Mayfield or miles Garrett. And again, quoting the Chris Muller interview, he thinks that miles Garrett, if Garrett is up to it, could have a field day. I, I think Garrett could have a field day as well because of the caliber of the offensive line in Pittsburgh. And now, Spencer, I know you weren't on with me when we talked about kind of Pro Bowl snubs, but more so than anything, the, the thing that offended me most about the Pro Bowl selections is that two Steelers offensive linemen were selected to the Pro Bowl because they have struggled this season. And left tackle Charlie Villanueva has especially struggled. He's like the 28th ranked offensive tackle at his position, and they still put him in the Pro Bowl. And so if he's starting... I think Miles Garrett could have a field day. And frankly, I don't even think he's going to start or play very long. So if Miles Garrett's going against the the backup depth of the Steelers offensive line, I think he's going to have a, a pretty big day as well. Uh, on the incident part, look, I just think at this point, everybody's past it. Mike Tomlin said they're past it. Miles Garrett said he's past it. I don't think it's going to really be a big deal. The now it's something that of course the broadcast is going to want, you know, to make out as a big deal, but I think if you listen to Miles Garrett over the last year, he certainly demonstrated some remorse in, in terms of how he acted uh, on, on that night. And I don't think Mason Rudolph thinks he was at all in the wrong uh, on that night either. So I just don't, I don't see how anything's really going to happen uh, as far as the incident goes. I think it's honestly, it's going to be a story that's actually a non-story in my opinion. That's how it's going to kind of play out. But I also want to talk about, from a broader macro perspective, the Steelers' style of offense, because I think that gave the Browns a lot of trouble last time, right? Is regardless of if it's Big Ben, if it's Mason Rudolph in there, they're going to want to get the ball out quickly to avoid that Browns pass rush, right? They love to use bubble screens, short passes to those receivers, let them play out in space. How do you see that matching up against the Browns in week 17, Spencer? If they're passing the ball, I think with a, a potentially somewhat depleted Brown secondary because you won't have everybody and you haven't had everybody that you wanted to all year, it could work. However, I feel like Kevin Stefanski in this spot, and this is something that we'll talk about, is a master game planner. And him and Joe Woods – know what the Steelers are going to do because this is a very one-dimensional team. They haven't really had that rushing attack. Number one, it's something that you touched on, the struggling offensive line. And number two, they don't have 
their best back in James Conner. They don't. I, I actually think the Steelers' style in terms of how it matches up against the Browns is a little bit overrated. They don't run the football, and the Browns really struggle against play action and covering running backs out of the backfield. So, boom, don't have to worry about that. They don't throw the ball deep that much. That, to me, is the biggest weakness for this Brown secondary now that Tenzo Ward is back. Is Again, like we touched about with the issues at safety and who may or may not be in there is those deeper kind of plays down the field. That's not something they really do. The only issue is, are the Browns going to tackle anybody, Spencer? Because the tackling for this defense the last couple of weeks has been unfathomably bad, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I ended up just catching the fourth quarter of the Jets game and I'm listening to it I'm like can these guys uh can can you tackle someone I mean New York the Jets were running all over them and I'm like I'm I'm stunned at at that revelation I'm like okay this can't be happening this is I refused to believe for a little bit that it was happening and then you know it, it kind of sunk in that, you know, it's, it's all down to one game now. It, it kind of like that whole game just kind of stunned me. I was frustrated because you mentioned this, the defense gave up 23 points to the worst offense in football. That's, you know, that's slightly alarming in my opinion. It is, it is. And Mac Wilson probably is going to get some snaps in this game. He is just, he struggled massively to tackle from the linebacker position. Kevin Johnson as well in the secondary has really struggled to tackle. Hopefully he'll be probably uh, seeing a little bit less of the field, but probably no less than, than the last couple of weeks, honestly, unless Ronnie Harrison, you know, they, they move him at all into some cover situations. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But they, the Browns defense stylistically, I'm not as worried about as people think, but just from an execution perspective, I'm almost more worried. I, I've really been disappointed, not only with them against the Jets last week, but the last several weeks in the tackling. So that's my, my biggest concern on that side of the ball. Spencer, I also want to talk about the other side of the football as well as the Browns are going to get some key players back and all of that. And also kind of talk bigger picture about the meaning of this game and the season overall. But first, we have to just take a quick break and hear from the sponsors. This episode of The Rebuild is brought to you by Bet Online. The NBA is back in action and football is heading into the playoffs at the same time. So while you might not be at the game this year, you can still get in on the action at Bet Online. And I'm sure my family wasn't the happiest with me over the holidays because I've been using Bet Online to bet football, basketball, parlays together. Yes, all of it, all the time. My Cavs are 2-0. and I may or may not have bet on seven combined things on Christmas Day. So, look, BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get on in on every possible chance to win this season. I even bet Ryan Tannehill's under in passing yards for the Packers-Titans game. So, look, from game spreads to totals, team and player, coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season bonuses today and, and start wagering on wins, divisions, all that, everything, all day, every day. So head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Just don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE when you do at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. 
This episode of The Rebuild is also brought to you by Indeed. Look, 2020 is almost over, but it certainly reshaped how we work. Businesses across the globe have been challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical and, and Indeed is here to help. They're the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. They help you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the right person that you need to keep your business going. Plus, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring, so you only pay for what you need. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria, and you can contact them at the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try out Indeed with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now, Indeed.com slash BlueWire, offer valid through the end of the year. So move quickly, people. All right, and we're back here on The Rebuild, talking Brown Steelers Week 17 matchup. Basically, playoffs on the line here for the Browns. Spencer, let's take a look now at the Browns offense versus the Steelers defense. A Steelers defense that was once considered the best defense in football by most. Now, several injuries have impacted that, and then also some struggling play has impacted that the last couple weeks. The Browns obviously struggled last week without you know their key players receivers and all of that against a, a Jets defense that's not very good either so what do you see as the key matchup for this Browns offense as they come into this matchup against a a limping but still talented Steelers defense I think I think you got to run the ball way way more than you did last week it was it was pitiful how little you ran the ball now I get that the Jets are good against the run and you tried to beat them with Baker's arm and you came up flat but again that's neither here nor there we're talking about the Steelers a team like you said limping but you know still talented it hurts that they lost a good chunk of their linebacking core especially Bud Dupree I think Running the ball is key. You didn't do it really at all last week. I think you got to return to that. And that's something that Chris Muller talked about in that interview as well. Yeah, I I have a lot of thoughts about the Browns in last week and running the football. I, I, I'm going to push back on pretty much everybody that, that was calling them out for not running the ball more last week, only because if – you actually paid attention to the schemes in the game, which look, I'm not the all 22 guy by any means, but if you follow the guys who do that, they basically were like, Hey, the Browns couldn't block anybody, first of all. And because the Browns, the, the jets had zero respect for the Browns receivers, although they weren't quote unquote stacking the box, they were doing this thing where they basically brought their corners on pseudo corner blitzes slash to just like fill the gaps. And we're just like, Hey, your receivers aren't going to beat us if we do this. And they would never do that if the Browns had their typical receiving course. So 
I think you really just have to throw that out last week. And if you want more breakdown on that, I'm not going to do it on this podcast, but Jake Burns, as I mentioned before from OBR, he does great stuff. He's been on this podcast before. He broke that all down. So if you're concerned about the Browns run game, I wouldn't be that much coming into this game. I think the Browns are going to have a ton of success running the football against the Steelers because number one, Wyatt Teller is going to be back. And I think Nick Harris really struggled last week, but number two, assuming the receivers come back and play, there's just no way an NFL team is going to implement the same kind of game plan that the jets did against the Browns. So I, I agree with you. It certainly is a key to the Browns offense. Look, they, the, the play action, everything revolves around that run game. It's just, I'm, I'm counting on that coming back. I really am. The thing that I am hoping the Browns can hold up against is the pass rush because I think the Browns are the best offensive line in the NFL this year. The one game they struggled was against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I understand that TJ Watt might not be playing and some other people on that defensive line, but that's really the only part of the Steelers defense that stayed consistent, even without Bud Dupree and the other injured players. The last couple of weeks, they've still been able to get to the quarterback. It's been the other parts of this defense that struggled. And, and the Browns need to protect Baker Mayfield. He's it been so good this season when he's had time to throw. And I think they are going to have tons of opportunities against a depleted Steelers secondary. That's not even that good to begin with, but they have to protect him. So that's the, that's the key matchup for me, that offensive line versus Steelers D line. Can they keep Baker upright? And can he have time to throw all day long? No, you hit the nail on the head, man. And I think this is going to lead into, are you worried about Baker and Kevin in this spot? Because if I'm going to be honest, I'm not really worried about Kevin Stefanski and his quarterback in this spot. Now, I mentioned that Kevin Stefanski, I think, is a master game planner. As pretty much in one season, he's turned the franchise around. You finally have a guy who can coach and keep his wits about him, and he has the right staff and in Joe Woods and, you know, all the other coaches that he has on the staff. And I, I still think Baker's confidence is going to be riding at, at a pretty high level. And Baker can bring the juice when he needs it. And I mean, granted, it's only 12,000 people allowed in at First Energy Stadium, but it's going to sound like, you know, 60, 70,000 people are there because this is a week 17 game. And Baker and his teammates, I think, are going to feed off that big time. I have pretty similar feelings to you. I'd say zero concern about Kevin Stefanski. For those who questioned him last week, we can debate that all day long. But the fact of the matter is he had less than 24 hours to put together a game plan without all of a sudden his entire receiving course. So it was a pretty different circumstance. Now, no matter how he dealt with that as a rookie coach, I'm not going to focus on that. I'm going to focus on the other 15 games where I think he's been the best Browns head coach since the team has returned to Cleveland. So I have zero, uh, zero worry with him. I have full confidence. Baker, I am mostly confident. I am a little worried about him, only in the sense that I, I just don't want him to be down after last week when he struggled and I know he put the ball in the ground a couple of times and yes, he deserves blame for that. And he took the blame for that. But that's really been his biggest flaw is been putting the ball on the ground recently, especially on those QB sneaks, but it's a minor flaw. And last time he played the Steelers, he didn't have the swagger that he's shown the last kind of five or six weeks. 
and it showed in his decision making. I thought he was late on a couple of throws that he didn't pull the trigger on. He got fooled on the Minka Fitzpatrick interception. And I want to see confident Baker out there. And I think I'm going to get that version of Baker Mayfield. I'm just not a hundred percent sure. So I'll be very curious to see how he looks. And I think it does fall a little bit on Kevin Stefanski to, to put some stuff in the game plan that, you know, that scripted first for 15 plays or so to, to get some confidence going in Baker Mayfield, some easy throws for him, get him back going with his usual receiving core. And then the Browns, I think will be off and running. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, there, we touched on this earlier and this is going to go into our overall preview. The Browns are big favorites. I believe as of this morning, they are 10 point favorites. Now I 100% think they should be because you know exactly what you're getting. And we've touched on this a bunch in this one, this bite was from Chris Muller from 93.7 in Pittsburgh. He said, you're essentially getting the faux Steelers. The, the Browns are favorites for a reason. Obviously, Vegas thinks so as well. So should they be big favorites and how confident? Because I'm 100% and I am all in on, yes, they should be 10-point favorites in this scenario. It's hard for me to judge because I don't know who, what Steelers are going to play. If the information we've talked about early on this podcast comes true and a lot of the Steelers defensive line doesn't play and a lot of their offensive line doesn't play, I'd say that's fair. Now, if some of those guys do play or play for a half, I, I'd start to say that line's a little too high just because I think the Steelers, as much as they've been struggling, do have a ton of you know elite players. I think the issue for them is they've kind of lost – you know, they, they've lost a couple of those elite guys who kind of made up for their other deficiencies. So depending on how much those guys play, that's just an answer. I don't know. Now, how confident am I? I mean, look, if this was a game in the middle of October, I'd be pretty confident, but Spencer, I'm a Browns fan at heart here. And look, you want me to say I'm a little nervous to play the Steelers in week 17 for a spot in the playoffs. Yeah. I'm a little nervous. Hell yeah. I'm a little nervous. So I'm, that's the one part that gives me pause is I uh, look, it's a great way to earn your spot in the playoffs. It'll be a great if the Browns do it and I'll be relieved and over the moon and happy and all of that. But if you're asking me if a little part of me isn't worried that that's not going to come true and the Steelers are going to get us again and, and prevent us from going in the playoffs with their backup quarterback and their backup team, that haunts me a little bit. Of course it does. I don't, I, as a Browns fan, it just does. I can't get over that. I don't know if you can. I can get over it. I mean, yeah, it looms in the back of my mind, but you have everything in front of you. It's winning and you're in. It's simple, but I think it all comes back to the coach. And you've seen, Stefanski in the face of adversity he is not shy at all and he knows going into this game that his season's on the line and I think that he's absolutely going to coach like it and I think that's going to lead to a masterful game plan from coach Kevin Stefanski I have as much faith in him as you do if not more I've been 
banging the Kevin Stefanski drum for pretty much the entire season. And I'm going to keep doing that. And, and yes, in a vacuum, he is the part that gives me the most confidence. I think this Browns team is also just as well put together from an offensive line perspective and some other you know, key pieces as any we've had in the past. So yeah, I mean, as I said, in a vacuum, if it was October 15th, I feel great. It's just, it's, it's week 17 against big brother, as we said earlier. So last question I have for you, Spencer, before we sign off here, I saw this clip on ESPN and it, and it got me thinking a little bit. Dan Orlovsky said that the Browns season is a success, even if they don't make the playoffs. And my first reaction was really with how, you know, with how set up they seem to be when they had 10 wins and how everybody was doing AFC North clinching scenarios and all of that. But then as I started to think about it a little more, I thought it was a more complicated question. So I want to ask you that if the Browns lose on Sunday and they don't get the help they need from the Colts or the Titans or anybody else in other weird scenarios, is the season still a success in your mind? I watched that clip you were talking about and I think Dan hit it spot on. Now you're going to have a lot of people who listen to this podcast. You might be upset, disappointed. And I mean, we're going to share those feelings with you. If the Browns don't make the playoffs look like we're going to be disappointed. However, if you think about it, 10 and six usually is a wild card spot. It just happens that the AFC this season in particular is just so strong and so deep in terms of depth of teams that have a shot at the postseason. And this year, 10 and six just ain't going to cut it. But you have a, you finally, finally, have a competent head coach, something the fans have been clamoring about for almost 20 years. And you have a quarterback that can do the job. Now it doesn't need to be all flashy. He doesn't need to be, you know, Patrick Mahomes or Russ in his prime, but he just needs to get the job done. And I think Kevin and Baker and their, and their personalities and how they've carried themselves have just kind of spread. And that's, you know, been the big building block throughout the year is they're very professional and business-like and blue collar in their approach. And I think that's something this entire city can get behind and Browns fans everywhere can get behind. I agree and it took me a long time to come to that conclusion and i understand the other side is that why do you play the games if not to make it into the playoffs and have a seat at the table with a chance to win the super bowl and i do agree with that but if i'm thinking about this team realistically i think the chances of them winning the super bowl this particular season are not that high and uh, first of all i want to say i that doesn't mean it can't happen i'm gonna be rooting for that to happen i'm not I'm not so sure they're not higher than other people say. I'll put it that way. But if it's not going to be this season, I think the Browns' chances to win a Super Bowl in the next three to five years have gone up drastically. Drastically. And why is that? I mean, let's 
take a step back and let's look at, at the questions surrounding this team going into the season. And the question of honestly, most teams that aren't considered a Super Bowl contender heading into this season. How much do you trust the quarterback? How much do you trust the coach? How much do you trust the management? Well, coming into the season, I think a lot, all of those were questions for the Browns. As I said, they are for most teams that are considered, you know, the three or four biggest title favorites every year. Well, in the first year of Kevin Stefanski, as I said, I think he's the best coach the Browns have had since they've come back to Cleveland. That's saying a decent amount and bodes really well for the future, seeing that I think he's going to be here for a long time. Second question, what about the quarterback? I had my doubts about Baker Mayfield. I voiced him on this podcast. I had doubts about Baker Mayfield during the season. But the way he has progressed, the way he has grown in multiple different areas, I think he's demonstrated himself as the franchise quarterback for this team. Not only has he flashed looking like an elite tier quarterback in this league, he's done it for multiple week stretches. And that's enough to me where I'm ready. I'm, I'm locked into Baker Mayfield. And, and I know Browns were on one side or the other, or maybe somewhere on the fence like me, but I'm there. I'm on, I'm on the Baker Mayfield side of the fence now. And, and so boom, number two, I think we found a quarterback. I mean, we've got, how, the list on the jersey of like 20 quarterbacks, right? That we've gone through in the last 20 plus years. And I think we finally have a stopping point. Yeah, that's a big deal to me. And, and third, the management side, a, a little more TBD for sure, but a good first crack, I think a good, this roster makes a lot of sense the way it's constructed, the way the offensive line's been rebuilt and, and all of those things. So if you look at this holistically, if you take a step back, I think you can get behind this Brown season, even if they don't make the playoffs, if they end up 10 and six and, and miss out because it's a strange year. And, and look, they were screwed by COVID in the jets game one way or the other, whether you think it was the, you know, for whatever reason, look, that was not normal, right? 2020 is the only year where a team doesn't plow its entire receiving core because of COVID, at least I hope going forward. So it was a totally unusual circumstance. Of course that would happen to the Browns, but in almost all the seasons, I think they would make the playoffs. I still, at the end of the day, think they're going to make the playoffs anyway. But if they don't, I still think this season is success. I do. I, I With Kevin Stefanski, with Baker Mayfield, with the management in place and, and the foundational pieces on this roster, I think they're going to be good. Not just this year. I think they'll be good for a long time. And, and that makes me really excited as a Browns fan, as disappointed as I would be if they lost this game on Sunday. But hey. Hopefully, Spencer, we don't have to think about that question too much longer because the Browns could pull out a win on Sunday. Yeah, and we, we've mentioned this a ton, and you've probably mentioned this way more than I have in the past handful of podcasts. It's, it's very simple now. You control your own fate. It's in your hands. Go out and do your job. That, I mean, that's a Bill Belichick thing, but I think that very, very much applies to how Kevin Stefanski wants to run his team. Do your damn job, go win the game, and you don't have to worry about anybody else. And at the end of the day, if the Browns can't beat a Steelers team that doesn't have its starters, then especially Big Ben, then maybe they don't deserve to be in the playoffs this season. That doesn't mean... As I said, that I'm not optimistic about their future, but I think if, if they can't win this game on Sunday, 
even with how things went down last weekend and, and how things have shaken out this season, I don't think they deserve to get in the playoffs and, and hope. And as I said, I think ultimately they will get the job done. Spencer, thank you so much for joining me on this podcast today. This one will go up on new year's Eve for everybody. Hope everyone has a better 2021 than they did in 2020. And you'll hear from us after this week 17 game, this nail biter with playoffs on the line. First time since 2002. I'll say it as a Browns fan, although I'm nervous. I can't wait for Sunday. I assume all you Browns fans out there feel the same way, guys. So until we speak again, I'll say it nice and loud for everyone to hear. Go Browns! Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.